The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Take you until noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial, 20 minutes or thereabouts. Our friend Dave Sprow, as he's also known, KASI, 1430 on the AM dial. Dave Sprow will join us on Iowa State right now as the music kind of tips your hand or our hand. It's time to talk to Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. Hello, Tom, Trent, and Ken. How are you? I'm good. Hope you guys are well. Absolutely. I'm glad you retweeted George Kittle, who's now apparently working or has a relationship with Kingsford Charcoal. Boy, he's doing life right, is he not? I mean, good for him and that commercial. I guess it's a commercial that's going to play some parts of the country uh, with Kingsford. It's 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 him to a to a T, is it not? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I've always said that the last few years. George Kittle is living his best life. Yeah, no doubt. He's living the life that he wants to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and it got great awesome. hair. <laughs> it got great hair. That's the one thing that jumped off uh, the commercial to me. But good for him. He's a hell of a player, and uh, by all accounts, a pretty good person in his own right. So, Tom, a lot of ground to cover with you. Uh, I guess we should start with the flavor of the week, Trent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a... we've started every show this week. <laughs> First segment. C.J. Frederick has been, even today, still mm-hmm. part of the conversation four days later. And you know how we started, Tom? Well, we're sick of this story. We really don't want to talk about <laughs> it. But we can't get away from it. And uh, Trent just came up with a list. I guess he's number 12 on the available in the transfer portal. Um, where I want to start with you is something else. Another thing you tweeted yesterday or retweeted, and that was the list of possibilities. John Rothstein uh, tweeted it out there that uh, C.J. Frederick is receiving uh, interest from what about eight? I think is the number. So my question, Tom, with with everything that's gone on, would you be shocked if Kentucky's not ultimately his destination? I would be surprised. Okay, just I mean, it would just. Um, I think they're probably trying to make it look look like mm-hmm. something. Uh, you know, you just yeah, play. It's it's playing. It's called playing the game. You know, and they're just going to play the game and. That's that's the reality, um, you know. It was a the weird, strange deal. Like I've always said, with this the the, the rumor since it first surfaced in early March um, with Kentucky people and Cincinnati people. It's always been a Kentucky and Cincinnati rumor. It was never an Iowa rumor. Huh. Um, and you know, I've talked to people close to the team. You know, teammates. Uh, kind of removed from the teammates, but, you know, they even asked him about it, and he said, no, I'm not going anywhere. And that was back right after the season. So I just, it it just seems like something was going on here. And I think we all know. And that's that's just the reality of the transfer portal and kids being able to move at a moment's notice these days. So you have this going on, and it feels like it's very much orchestrated, not by dad, not by mom, no. not by Uncle an AAU Joe. coach, high school coach, well, an assistant, an uncle, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe who played for Fran McCaffrey at Notre Dame. Uncle Joe who 
for all intents and purposes, steered CJ to the University of Iowa. How, put this all together. I know you've you've spoken with Joe in the past. I, I believe what what is it? Maybe Hardy. Uh, he used to come on his radio show from time to time. Fill us in a little bit more on this guy that we're learning more about, Joe Frederick. Yeah, Joe is the reason Iowa ended up with C.J. Frederick. Remember, C.J. was going to walk on at Iowa for a year, mm-hmm. and he had scholarship offers. You know, he had legit scholarship offers, uh, good offers uh, that he could have taken, and Joe kind of steered him to Iowa and ended up that I, I think it was Christian Williams left, and so he was able to get a full scholarship right away, and so it was never in doubt. And I think they all knew that there was probably something that would open up. So, you know, it, it seemed like a great fit, um, you know, and CJ came in right away. And I've always thought that part of the reason Isaiah Moss left and went himself mm-hmm. into, like, the grad transfer portal was because he saw CJ Frederick coming and knew that his minutes were going to get clipped and, um, and he wanted to go somewhere else. So, so um, yeah, now he's, you know, decided that it was time to, move on. We haven't gotten any of like the motivational side of this, but, um, you know, the, the picture surfacing of, of, uh, uh, Joe Frederick's son who lived in the, the lodge with, uh, all the Kentucky basketball players and the the basketball dorm. Yeah. For people that don't know, Tom, uh, that's the dorm. It's for basketball players, but they do have to allow a couple of "Quote unquote normal students in there to make it, I guess, above board, and it just happened that eh, Frederick's son was one of those kids that got to live with him. It's incredible, Dom. It, it, the, the more you peel back the layers of the onion, yeah. uh, the smellier it gets, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, making a lot of Hawkeye fans uh, cry. Uh, for yes. sure, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about. So, yeah. so Tom, do you, do you think there's anything to the fact? Let me just throw this by timing wise. Did the timing, is it a coincidence that after seemingly uh, he went through the paces and had a workout and, and maybe got clearance health-wise, that only then did this thing pick up the steam and get to the place that it is? Uh, is there a coincidence that, because McCaffrey said on Wednesday that he's chomping at the bit to get back on the floor, get back to practicing, etc. Then apparently he did on Friday, and then it hit the fan this week. And is there a coincidence, um, can you, or can you tie those two together? Um, I'm not even sure that he practiced on Friday. I don't know. I didn't hear that. I just heard that he met with Fran on Friday and kind of told Fran, hey, everything's good, and we're back to work and excited to be, you know, the, there's nothing to the the rumor mill. And um, and then Sunday, magically, <laughs> he's out the door. I, the problem for Iowa here is it just seems like CJ was, was leaving. The whole time. I mean, the rumor never went away. It was still there. Um, he could have or should have or would have benefited Iowa if he tells him in March. Yeah. We're a month later. The portal, you know, Iowa wasn't planning on engaging on any guards, even with Joe Wieskamp not coming back, you know, likely not coming back. Right. Uh, they weren't going to, like, try to enhance the roster with any guards. They weren't going to just get a big man or two and be happy with that and be good with that. And then, um, you know, this hits, and now you got to go in and get uh, try to find a guard. There's plenty of guys in there, true, but um, you, you're kind of some of the guys that maybe you might even try to engage with are gone now because a month later the portal's starting to get picked through. 
It's a tough spot to be. So where is Iowa? We've talked a lot about Rebracca, the uh, young man from North Dakota. Possibility, maybe a decision coming here soon on him. More of a power forward. Latest that you've heard on him and, and anybody else, possibilities coming in as transfers and being eligible this year. You know, and they've kind of tried for a couple centers. Uh, Liam Robbins, again, hey, an uncle involved oh, in that geez. one as well. With, right. uh, his uncle, Ed Conroy. Uh, I would just need to avoid guys with uncles, I guess that are, you know, kind of revolving around the basketball world. But Robbins ends up at Vanderbilt. and No no complaints there. I mean, he's just following. Did the same thing when he left Drake. He followed his uncle to Minnesota, and now he's following him to Vanderbilt. Uh, they tried to get involved with Joy Brunk, a big kid from Indiana. He ends up going to Ohio State, and it's Chris Holtman who recruited him to Butler when he was out of high school. So that makes sense, uh, complete sense, that he would – go to uh, play for Chris Holtman, the guy who originally recruited him. Um, Rebracca is a kid that they're involved with, and he told me the other day he hopes to have a decision by the end of the week, so maybe we'll find something out tomorrow uh, or soon. And it seems like it's Iowa, um, Minnesota, uh, seem to be kind of the the two schools that are mentioned most prominently with him. Uh, There's a kid that, um, that I've talked to a little bit that's heard from Iowa, E.J. Wanyu, who actually plays at the NAIA level, but he's a freak. He's like 6'11 and uh, almost averaged a triple-double at an NAIA event in March where he um, points, rebounds, and blocks. He's 6'11. He's declared for the NBA draft but not signing with an agent. And he wants to maybe poke around at a bigger school. So Indiana's been interested. Minnesota's been interested. Uh, LSU and Florida State have jumped in, so it making things awfully tough for Iowa, but he'd be a great get if they could get him, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. LSU, that's a tough one, because you know there's going to be a big-ass offer coming his way. <laughs> Will Wade strong has ass. his way. Hey, Strong-ass. Strong-ass strong offer, ass. yeah, yeah. Strong-ass. Final thing on the basketball front for me, uh, Josh Dix, young man from Council Bluffs, played at Lincoln, Abe Lincoln over there, blew up this week, got an offer from Wake Forest and Forbes, the uh, Lone Tree native, got an offer from Purdue, and now Iowa uh, also picks up an offer. Going into his senior season, feels like it's going to blow up. 6'5", kind of a combo guard. Thoughts on him, him moving to the next level, and well, there's your replacement for C.J. Frederick. You just hoped it'd be a couple years down the line. Yeah, and um, I think a good, I was talking to his high school coach last night, and a good number of his kind of relatives and family are our Hawkeye fans. I don't think his like mom and dad are, but a lot of the people around him are Hawkeye fans. Not that that means anything, but it always helps when you've got that uh, pull a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting how things happen because Drake was really involved with him, and Drake loves him. So, uh, but Woodley left there to go work for Forbes and brought him to you know all of a sudden Wake Forest offers, and Paul Lusk was at Creighton. Uh, this past year and loved them. And now Paul Lusk is on the Purdue staff and who offers mm-hmm. Purdue. So, uh, you know, Iowa jumps in uh, this week as well. Um, I just talked to Josh this morning um, and he doesn't have any visits scheduled, but he's going to try and get out in June when we can finally get the lid off of uh, uh, the uh, dead period and get kids back out uh, visiting colleges uh, around the around the country. Football, I promise, for our audience moment there. But just one more. Any resolution on Jordan Bohannon? When will him and Fran McCaffrey sit down and iron this out one way or another? Um, I thought soon. I, that's what I 
what Fran said last week. So I thought maybe we we would hear something this week, but we haven't yet. So I don't know. I the 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 kind of smoke signals I've got and and they're confusing sometimes. So I, I you know I'll, I'll, I never say never with it, but I've kind of heard that maybe Jordan's done now too. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's get into that football. Normally, Tom, our conversation would all revolve around what you saw at Kinnick Stadium last week and maybe looking forward to what we're going to see a week from Saturday. Instead, it's been so much basketball, but let's get into it. Uh, what to start with a, a rule change coming for this fall as it pertains to fall practice. And for a developmental program like Iowa, boy, that news feels significant going from, what, 23 practices down to eight or nine? It's uh, just practices where you can be in pad, right. padded practices. So when you're all dressed in, in football stuff, now you'll have to be like just like those kind of the, the smaller pads and, and shorts for a Shows, lot of the yeah. the hitting um, hitting days, and no more Oklahoma drills mm-hmm. and stuff like that. High contact drills, they're going to do away with those. So it's um, is different, but it's kind of what the NFL is mm-hmm. doing. You know, the NFL's kind of doing the same things now. So um, um, it's going to be an adjustment because Iowa is big on hat on hat and doing a lot of drill work. And now you're going to have to find ways to work around those things. But that's where football's headed these days. So um, a little less hitting. Yeah, Tom, you took the words right out of my mouth because if this was, um, if this happened last year and we didn't see the NFL go through what they did, because I was gloom and doom going into, into the fall. Play is going to be down. We're not going to know the game until halfway through the season. It's going to be sloppy, dot, dot, dot. I didn't notice any difference. I didn't. I get the fact that Trent's point, de- de- developmental program, no, without doubt. But I'm going to, I think, reserve judgment on this. They're doing it for the right reason, which is concussion, which is a major part of the game, and they're never going to be able to entirely eliminate them. But I think on the surface, Tom, I think this is one maybe, at least I'm going to just sit back on the sidelines and watch and see, because I think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, I think, and I think coaches will adapt. Uh-huh. I just do. I yep. think that they're going to figure out a way to make it work. Quarterback position is still the biggest question of spring practice. So you got to see them out there. Good videos, good looks and clips that you had up at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, I have talked to, I don't know, a half dozen people that are there, and it feels like there's half a dozen different Mm -hmm. opinions on the quarterback. So give us yours. What do you (laughs) thought of the three you saw? (laughs) Well, mine doesn't really matter. The only one that matters is probably Kirk and Brian and maybe KOK, but... um, I thought that, boy, the, the collective groan that was in the press box when Spencer Petras first 11 on 11 series and he throws a pick to Kayvon Merriweather, there was the collective groan. Uh oh. And you a know, bad just, pick. Uh, not this again. Not good. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, he played better after that, and I thought he was pretty good. Um, not great, but pretty good. Um, I thought Padilla came out like a house of fire and then kind of cooled off. He was really good early and just on target. And I was like, whoa, okay, maybe we got something here. And then uh, uh, Deuce Hogan, shaky early, um, got a little bit better later, and then finished, I thought, fairly well. Um, There's no question that among a certain segment of the Iowa fan base, they would rather just see Deuce Hogan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what that's based on other than that he was a four-star quarterback. 
because I couldn't see anything out there that said, boy, he should be the starter um, based on just one look at practice. And, and I thought he was shaky just because his first practice in front of people, you know, mm. first practice at Kinnick mm-hmm. with, with people out there looking at you. So it's completely natural to be a little shaky. Got the, got a great name for a quarterback. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that matters at, at all. We, we have a pretty good idea that it won't. Uh, Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com. Oh, Tom, just one more thing. Um, were you part of the Brian uh, Ferentz Zoom yesterday? If so, anything come of that? Yeah, I was. Um, not a lot that came of it other than um, it just kind of magnifies the – they've got some veterans, but they they're – running out a lot of younger players who are getting their feet wet this spring and and a lot of guys who it's just wild to think about that guys like Sam Laporta, um, Tyler Goodson, Dane Belton, hmm. they've never had a spring practice until this year. That's wild. You know, th- those guys never had at Iowa. They haven't had a spring practice. They, they played two years of football uh-huh. at Iowa and just haven't had spring football. And you'll so, get another it's a op- learning experience. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Another opportunity to witness in person. Is it the same time on May first, Tom? Do you know? Yeah, I said uh, gates open at eight thirty, and um, then we'll have uh, practice starting at nine thirty. So um, yeah, it'll be a um, uh, a busy, busy day, and uh, um, there'll be something that's announced tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So keep a pop onto my Twitter feed, but. A certain, uh, let's just say, a certain all-American basketball player will be over at um, a, uh, a place and uh, might be able to to uh, get an autograph from from uh, that that uh, large gentleman uh, <laughs> after practice. So um, just keep an eye on my Twitter feed tomorrow. Well, we will absolutely look forward to it. Thank you, Tom Kicker. Have a pretty good idea, but we'll we'll wait till the official <laughs> announcement comes out. Thank you, Tom. Talk yeah. to you next week. Okay. Good okay, to talk to you. Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. All right, good stuff out of Tom Kakert. Mm-hmm. You know what it's time for, Trent? Let's try to get somebody $1,000 in their pocket. Yes, indeed. All you have to do is go to kxno.com, and once you get there, the pop-up box will appear. You don't have to do anything other than go to kxno.com. And once you get there, enter this hour's keyword. It is stock, S-T-O-C-K, stock, at kxno.com, that's stock for your chance to win a grand. From the Hawks to the Clones with Dave Sproul next, 1460 KXNO, 106. You can see it, picture it, the building you've always wanted, an expansion of your existing business, a new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at graphitegrp.com. Are you overdue for your dental appointment? Now is the perfect time to get your dream smile. And Fuller Family Dentistry accepts most insurance plans. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry offers a relaxed family atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Family Dentistry is located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines in Altoona on 8th Street. Come see what the buzz is all about and check them out on Instagram. Call.com.
Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Condon, welcome back. Just past 11.30 on a Thursday, another fast-moving week, Trent Condon. Uh, as we take you up until noon, thank you to Tom Kaker. We talked Hawks, as promised. It's our friend Dave Sprouse's turn as he moves up a day as well. And we appreciate his flexibility to join us here today as we talk a little Iowa State, both basketball and football-wise. Uh, Dave Sprouse, K-A-S-I, names 1430 on the AM dial. But we start with the... Fumbling, bumbling, stumbling, error-prone. Minnesota Twins, Dave Sproul. How difficult was that one? I know my partner was curled up in a fetal <laughs> position. Were you kind of the same way, watching them, you know what, down their legs yesterday in Oakland? Well, uh, I don't know. It might be good that I can't actually watch the Twins because, uh, you know, those lovely Major League Baseball blackout rules. So I was actually listening to the radio. and Yeah, but all I could do is just throw my hands up and say, what, what? How? What? How? And that's that's where we are. And then you got this day off today to stew on it, and hopefully they get it together for the weekend series here. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. That that. So you can't get the game in where you live in Ames. No, I, I rent, so I can't get Direct TV. So that's ah, not an option. That's gotcha. about the only option I would have because all the streaming services and MediaCom they don't offer it, and of course the Major League Baseball you know online package is blacked out for the Twins and it's ridiculous. The bulk of the rest of the major leagues in the in the Midwest. So here we are. So your names, Twins are in Oakland. <laughs> blacked Fancy. out. I mean, it's like a, a, we're beating a dead horse, and it, sadly, that it's uh, we're going to do it year after year, seemingly, because they'll never get their act together. Uh, Dave Sprout, Dave, what? Just one thing: um, the the roles of the two schools have reversed so many ways. I mean, Iowa State used to be so open with you know, I swear to God, when we started in nineteen, and this is kind of an exaggeration, but it's kind of true. If we wanted to get Dan McCarney on in ninety six. We happened to be doing a show on Saturday, but they were playing at the time. Yeah, I'll give you a few minutes, but but that's kind of how they were, right? They went out of their way to get eyeballs on their programs. Why oh, why are Iowa State seemingly not going to throw open a couple of sections at Jack Trice and allow fans to come and watch practice like, say, 80% of, of all of the schools are doing? What's behind this, Dave? That's a really good question. I, I think it's a big part of it is that Matt Campbell is is part of a generation and a trend of coaches who are just super protective of their program. They don't want anybody watching their team that doesn't need to watch the team. And for Matt Campbell and many other coaches across the country, the only guys who need to watch the team at this point are the coaches and and the and the actual players. So they're going to keep it to that as much as as possible. And between you know the fact that the pandemic isn't open over yet and the, there's all this construction going on that and then around Jack Clay Stadium and uh, various other factors. I mean, those are probably the big ones right there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just those are good enough excuses for Matt Campbell to not have to, you know, put his team out there in, in the public where he doesn't want the, them to be at the moment. He's aware that the other schools will get tape of his program <laughs> the week leading up to the game, right? Yeah. I mean, he does – 
they do exchange. I, I just don't get it. Anyways, can't ahead. win in the dark if you don't have everything dark. Well, there you go. That <laughs> might be the answer, Trent. I think we got it figured out here. Let's jump into a, a couple of the players. Will McDonald, this guy, he burst onto the scene before he played it down, and he did it. Bruce Feldman has his freaks list that comes out every year before the season. We hadn't seen much of Will McDonald, and he was on there. There I mean, he was. Th- these were guys that at least had some kind of resume. He didn't. He is a physical specimen. Now working to get bigger. The upside is certainly there. What else do you anticipate Will McDonald and just the hearing what he's doing, trying to transform his body? There's a possibility, redshirt sophomore, this might be it for him. Your thoughts overall, McDonald? Yeah, he's, he's just super talented, uh, mm-hmm. physically gifted, and, and he kind of fits that sweet spot for a program like Iowa State. If you got the the physically gifted and skilled part, then you're talking about an elite recruit that's going to go to an elite school. But what I think what Matt Campbell has done a really good job of is finding, you know, elite athletes who may be a little raw in terms of playing their position or having that skill set. You take them and you, you teach them what they need to know and develop them and, and bring them along in a way that makes them productive players. You're not going to get there if you don't have that athletic ability. So that's the starting point. And there are some cases where you can flip that and say, okay, these guys really have good skills, but they're not elite level athletes in that, in that same sense. And you can, you can mold them as well. But I think, uh, McDonald is a good example of what you can do with a guy who's just has a freakish athletic ability. And it's sometimes hard to appreciate that on the, on the defensive line because they're not in open space breaking tackles or making diving catches or hmm. things like the skill, skill position guys do. But, He's the guy who just his ability jumps off the page so much you really can tell when he's on the field. He makes his presence known, and given another season with the full experience in the strength and conditioning program, and obviously Iowa State sees their their current strength and conditioning staff as a step up from what they had before. And so this is the first time they've had a, a chance, the you know, with the guys on campus now to to get a full off season, a full spring practice with all the elements in place there. Uh, to work with these guys. So, yeah, obviously, uh, Will McDonald, big things expected of him, and, and absolutely would not be surprising if he's a guy who is uh, able to leave early for the for the NFL draft. I think he's going to have a monster year. We've seen flashes and glimpses, and I'm with you, Dave, uh, on him. I think he's. Uh, I think uh, the country's about to catch on to Will McDonald if they haven't already. So let's. So they're they're aware of Brock Purdy, and what I saw, what I read, and I think it was um, Rob Gray that wrote the piece at, at Cyclone Fanatic, and you guys, the media, had an opportunity to uh, to speak with Brock Purdy within the last week or so. Look, we know that the one of the big storylines this year um, until we get to week number one is going to be expectations um, and, and and sky high expectations on this program, unseen expectations on this program, and they're seemingly embracing it. They're not hiding from it, which I think is the exact uh, way to go about this. Embrace them, talk about them. Don't try to you know kid yourself that they're not there because they're going to be. Uh, were you uh, part of the Brock Purdy Zoom and uh, certainly encouraging that the quarterback came out and you know wrapped his arm around um, you know one of the big talking points. Yeah, and, and I, I don't want to get carried away with the hype, but Brock Purdy's the, the, almost like the perfect kind of guy to have in that position of a, of a team with high expectations and having him in a leadership role in that because he, he knows how to keep things in, in perspective. He's shown that throughout his career at Iowa State. And at the same time, he, he is a very competitive uh, athlete, and he's a guy who has high expectations of himself. And it might be something of a cliche, but you could say he's the kind of guy who 
you know, he has the highest expectations of anyone for himself and that team. So in that sense, you know, you can't put any more pressure on them than they're already putting on themselves. Now, it doesn't mean that the outside pressure and the hype can't sneak in a little bit if, if you allow it and maybe get in the heads a little bit if, if you're not careful. But I think you're in a good position with a guy like Brock Purdy or on the flip side, guys like Greg Eisworth and Mike Rose on the defensive side who know that, you know, they're the kind of guys who just come in and they're striving for their best every day. And no matter what the outside expectations are, theirs don't change for themselves and they want the best for themselves and their team. And they're going to, they're going to push for it every day, no matter what is going on outside their wall. So in a lot of ways, Iowa State's just got a really good leadership group there. That's not only going to keep things in, in, in perspective, but no, you know, day in and day out that the, the expectations are, are pretty high. You know, Purdy kind of is what he is at this point, right? He's not going to wow you. It's not a guy that's going to sit on one knee and fire at 70 yards through the goalposts. He's not that kind of quarterback. Arm strength is what it is. But there were times last year felt like he got sloppy with the mechanics. Has there been any conversation of the things that he still can improve upon going into his final season? Uh, I, I don't think Rock, his memory serves, really addressed mechanics specifically, yeah. uh, but he has addressed, you know, just getting better and one of the things he did specify was decision making and some of those little things and those are the stretches where he saw Brock not you know at his best and particularly you think about the you know first half against Baylor um where he threw three interceptions you know those are the kind of things he put Mm -hmm. on decision making and just uh you know a few tweaks here and there where he can make himself more consistent and play at a higher level and that's you know always been a big thing for Brock Purdy is because, like you said, yeah, he doesn't have these huge physical physical gifts. He has a good enough arm to make the right mm-hmm. throws when he has the timing right and when he makes the right decisions. And those are the things that uh, he has specifically talked about working out in this spring. Uh, let's get to basketball. Eli King uh, becomes the latest boy. T.J. Otzelberger and his staff. Uh, Green, Kyle Green, has been, I, I think, a, a, a huge, huge addition of uh, what he's doing. Uh, Dave, we thought that this was going to be a strength, and we still haven't seen these kids come together and on the floor, and we don't know what this is going to mean when it uh, comes to the upcoming Big 12 season. That, admittedly, is a ways, ways, ways down the road. But, but boy, oh, boy, I think if, if you... If you're a Cyclone fan that eh, wasn't really buying into this whole T.J. Otzelberger thing, you have to be encouraged by the fact that the way he's building his roster as quickly as he has. Yeah, and, you know, we talked a little bit about the the transfers he's, he's bringing in and guys who are good fit for Iowa State and what they, what they want to do, what T.J. wants to do with them. And then, yeah, we kind of expected this, but it might be even more than we expected with, with TJ because he does have that reputation as a, as a really good recruiter and he does have some great connections, particularly in the Midwest and the state of Minnesota obviously is working out for him. And you got a guy in Eli King who was a AAU teammate with Tim and Lipsy mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun to think about, you know, what King Lipsy and Tyrese Hunter could be in, in a backcourt together come fall of next year. And obviously that means we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but uh, they do have some really nice pieces, some very highly regarded uh, uh, players. And if you don't have that, you don't have much, no matter how great your X's and O's might be. If you don't have the guys who can execute at a high level, uh, you're not going to get very far. And it looks like, you know, he's got the guys with the athletic ability and skill coming in to, to execute at a pretty high level. They might not be an NCAA tournament next year, but, you know, that, that 2022-23 season is shaping up to be uh, a pretty talented roster. Anything else on the shopping list? Anything else you think uh, Otz is zeroing in on and 
what if there's a position group that makes sense to bring another player in? What do you think it would be? Well, obviously, you know that 2022 class. Now you got two guys committed out of high school who are both guards, and then you got Tyrese Hunter, who presumably will be back for a sophomore year in the backcourt. So maybe a little more help up front. They got a nice piece with the the transfer from Denver, and who grew up in the Twin Cities, and you know he's more of a pure post player and maybe one more guy like that, whether it be from the high school, junior college or, or transfer ranks for, for that next recruiting class, I think uh, might be a piece, but you, you know, you, you never know uh, exactly what uh, might be coming down the pipeline in terms of, uh, of the pieces that uh, TJ is looking for. And he might just, you know, find the best player he can get and, and then, you know, work out the game plan ar- around what those guys can do. Uh, any, uh, there's a, a little bit of a rumor out there that uh, the, the the team may not have seen his their last player enter the transfer portal. Uh, have you heard anything on the roster as it exists today? Was here last year that may not be here next year? Anything along those lines, Dave? Uh, I'm not hearing any chatter on that as of now, so I don't know. But yeah, you know, obviously there's always a possibility. We're kind of. It feels like getting late in that uh, sort of window. There's no, you know, technical window for transfers, but it feels like we're kind of getting late. But I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there still, you know, with the number of transfers that are out there in, in the college basketball world this season. Um, I would be a little bit surprised, I guess. You can't be totally shocked at this point if, if somebody transfers uh, because it is such a common thing now. But I, I guess I'd be a little bit surprised if anyone does, any more Iowa State players decide to leave the program. But. Uh, we'll wait and see. We shall indeed. Uh, Dave Sproul, thank you. We will uh, talk to you next Friday. K-A-S-I, 1430 on the AM dial. Dave, thank you. You bet. Good glad to talk to you. Uh, yep, glad to be with you guys. All right, take care. Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I on Iowa State. We'll watch that one. There is a little buzz if um, mm-hmm. if there's one more to hit the transfer portal. We will come back, wrap things up. You know the bright side of your twins getting beat yesterday? Well, I won my bet. There you go. Can you do it again today? Well, we'll find out. I can't because the twins, twins aren't playing. Aren't playing. <laughs> what was the what was the uh, run total in that game yesterday? Do you remember uh, well, nine what? and a half, ten? I don't. It wasn't even that high because really? remember it was Kenta Maeda. Yeah, it was starting, so mm-hmm. it wasn't real high. I have a to- I did have a total last night. I had the Cubs Mets game and the over. What was the number in that one? It was like seven and a half. Oh jeez. Yeah, flew over. That one felt good. Yeah, flew over in the fourth inning, yeah. for God's sakes. Miller and Condon back to wrap things up. Trent's play of the day, 1460 KXNO. A bleak problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at Graphite Geo. Graphite Construction Group. Masvidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. Round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 
26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you win $130 in free bets. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets. If the contender of your choice wins, that's code KXNO to turn $5 into $130 in free bets. If the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. It matters. Billy Squire? Yeah, you you Billy Squire fan? No. No. I, mean, I don't mind it. Was it too little, like, poppy, kind of after your time kind of thing? I, thought, I like this tune. Yeah. I like this tune. I'm glad I still remember this tune. I'm at that point. It's good. It's, it is 10 minutes before the hour of noon. Um, we've got Trent's play today. Just this one little nugget, Trent Con. I just saw this on Twitter. DirecTV, do you know how many subscribers they have lost in the last two years? How many subscribers DirecTV have said no more? Uh, five million. Six point five million. Six point five million. Third, that's thirty percent of their customer base. This uh, first quarter alone, six hundred and twenty thousand. That's cord cutting, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge, huge uh, part of it. And if they lose the NFL Sunday ticket, which the speculation is after this year they will, Mm -hmm. what's that going to do? I I think decimated even more. Oh, for sure. And I don't need to have DirecTV any longer after that. Yeah. Would you still be able to get NHL package? I think so. That would be the, yeah, that's a good point. That's the one that you'd have to do some investigation yeah, into. I'll be using that tonight at 6 o'clock as the Jets and the Leafs collide. Jets and the Leafs. I lost. Uh, I got a profit boost for hockey yesterday. Who'd you bet? Uh, the Oilers. And they got thick. Uh, lost an OT. Yeah, to Montreal, right? Yes. Mm. It was them. I, I did a two-team parlay. It was like a 40% boost. Threw a couple bucks on it. And was home free in the first game. <laughs> second game, lose in overtime. You know, um, Joe Don's going to join us tomorrow. I'm going to have this uh, conversation with him. I, I think, and I've said to you before, I think Connor McDavid's the best player in the world right now. <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm right. Oh, really? This, the I get it, Blackhawks fans, you believe Patrick K. He's a, he's an unbelievable player. You, he's an unbelievable He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He should be unanimous going into the Hall of Fame. I don't think in... Five years, mm-hmm. he'll still be recognized as the as the best American-born player to ever play the game. That guy is Austin Matthews, who is a legitimate superstar. Uh-huh. I think he's. And, and here's the crazy part about you know where he's born. You know where he grew up. You know where he grew up. Austin, best American ever playing the game of hockey. Minnesota. Oh no, well, you would Arizona, right? Arizona. Yes, yeah, that kid. Okay, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's wild. Grows up in the Phoenix area. And part, big part of it was because when the Jets left Winnipeg and relocated to Phoenix, he fell in love with the game, and I, and he's unbelievable. Anyways, uh, hockey tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Betting now. Do you have a play? Two. Both baseball? Both baseball. Day games or evening? One day of, game, yeah. one that will be first pitch less than 20 minutes away. All right. And we're getting back into our first fives. We are going to take 
the Pittsburgh Pirates plus 105. Doesn't make a lick of sense against the Tigers here. It'll be Keller on the bump who hasn't been good against Urena. A couple of guys that haven't been great. Going to take the better of the two teams in the first five. Give me the Pirates with my first one. Pirates-Tigers, would that be one of the um, uh, the least sexy games on the slate any day of the week? Uh-huh. Uh, what's your second game, your night game? I uh, will take a favorite in this one. Give me the Strohs, who have not played no, very well lately. again yesterday. Uh, Angels have, but this is more fading Alex Cobb than anything. Mm-hmm. So going to go against them. Going to be a bullpen game for the Astros, it looks like, but uh, that's the route I'm going to go there. Lay a little extra, minus 125, but two picks here for today. All right, good stuff. Uh, that will, We will see how you do. We'll grade your work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we're going to have Wade Looking Bill on the program tomorrow. We wanted to... Um, you know, just get a former a kid who played. Well, you're not a kid anymore. Yeah, <laughs> a guy. It's a long time since he was a kid. Um, who played in the late '80s, early '90s, and what's what's his take on everything that's going on with all this transfer stuff in college basketball? I wonder if there were because uh, he lost one of his teammates transferred, right? Yeah, Paul Lusk. Who um, Tom Kicker, I think, was talked talking about. about yeah, yeah. Um, but I wonder how if it was even a talker in the locker room back then. Well, I. As you know, I got to know Jeff Horner really well uh-huh. when we were both working together in West Des Moines at Valley, and he said he thought about it. Him and Bruner talked about it. There was times where people thought Bruner was going to end up at UNI and closer to Charles City and those kind of things. UNI, of course, was humming along really well at that And he's time. in the area now. Is he, he is. He's in Norwalk. Carlisle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Norwalk. We need to get Brew on the show. He's a good guy. Trent, I tried to get him to do when we first started that uh, uh, Monday evening hoops. Mm-hmm. Before I got just settles, I tried to get Greg Bruner, but he's playing in Europe because he was one of my favorite Hawks of all time, just because of the abuse he took for his haircut. But it's always been there. It's just a lot easier now. Yeah. It's a simple, yeah. get your name in the portal and away you go. Well, Wade Looking Bill will join us on that. Of course, this time tomorrow, we will just wrapped up giving four of our listeners an opportunity to win Claxton's Barbecue. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at 3, morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. Thanks for listening to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.